This is Fleet. This is the Theater Meets Critic Podcast, a podcast specializing in all things theater, hosted by the one and only Oliver Boone, featuring a special guest every week. This is the Theater Meets Critic Podcast. Passion, theater, actors, LA, New York, Paris, Berlin. Welcome to another episode of the Theater Meets Critic podcast. I'm your host, Oliver Boone. Today I have with me on the show, Rebecca Palgam. Thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, Rebecca (laughs) is the... the lead of, I don't know, what would you say, the lead podcaster of I Would Love to Be Axe Murdered? I guess, yeah, you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> Considering <laughs> there's only me. <laughs> I say I'm the head writer of Theatre Meets Critic. It just sounds better. I saw that. <laughs> Sounds good. In your email. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I that's good. That. I should do that. I might get another writer just so I can give it a reason. Okay, so we're just going to start off with just a really relaxed uh, interview. Why, uh, what, uh, what got you started with acting? Um, okay, so it's kind of like far back, <laughs> if that's all right, <laughs> if truth? I tell you my oh, yeah. truth. Uh, Please, so nothing else. My, I feel bad because I talk about this all the time, and I seem spoiled but I'm or like an industry baby but I'm not my uncle works in the industry and he's been like writing and producing and directing movies and like I'm gonna take one of these out (laughs) and doing separate things for uh film over the years and so like when I was a kid he would do screen tests with me and I think like that kind of excited me like I loved when he would be like, Hey, can you, uh, say the cat jumped over the moon while I like play with my camera. And like, I don't think he knew how much it meant to me and how much it was like, I want to do this forever. And, uh, I used to watch like old movies with my grandma on the Turner classics movie channel. And so like my, at an early age, I was like, I'm going to move to California and do this. But I didn't, I didn't start until I was like, uh, I don't know, maybe sixth grade, but I was really shy. So I would do more of the tech stuff and then just be like, uh, what is that? Uh, when you're the understudy. So I, I, I think that. it's understudy. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's what I would do nice uh tell me yeah tell me about some of like um the movies you that you loved the most growing up like the turn the classic movies so and good one that like always comes to my mind and i should really rewatch it because i remember really loving it but i don't really remember the movie at all uh the maltese falcon with humphrey bogart yes i love that movie i just remember it being so good and when i watched it i was so young but I, I just remember thinking it was so good. And my grandma, like, just dedicates time to watch old movies on the Turner Classic movie channel, which I think is just so cool. 
it's so sweet <laughs> to me. Because my grandma's like artistic, but in a different way. Like she made costumes for the Rockettes um, back wow. in the 70s. I know. So it's really cool. My family is kind of like artistic in that way, but only my uncle and I, and then like my grandma used to, um, kind of g- pursue it and go after it. So, but, um, yeah, the Maltese Falcon comes into mind, but my grandma also showed me movies like, like Beetlejuice. I saw at a really young age and it's still one of my favorites. And I saw Grease at a young age and I saw Dirty Dancing at a young age and like movies like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I've known you for quite a while now, and you definitely have like a love for the '80s aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, and the '70s. '70s movies are great. Like Barbarella, great movie. I love I've that never kind seen of Barbarella. like style. Oh my god, you need to watch it. It's is that Jane so Fonda? good. Yes, and she's oh, like, it is. okay, yeah, she's like a galactic babe, and her planet like. Sorry, this may be crass, but it really is what the movie is about. Uh, her planet, they don't have sex. They, like, take a pill and then they vibe. <laughs> but, like, every planet she's going to to try and save, it's, like, very barbaric. And, like, the way that she saves it is by s- having sex with someone on that planet. It's, like, really good. <laughs> she she has sex to save the universe. Is Basically, yeah. Me? Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah, it's a really it. good. And the music is great. That's <laughs> so fun. <laughs> nice. So um, how have you been keeping busy during self-isolation at the minute? <sighs> <laughs> so it's hard. It's hard yeah. for me to like focus. Because... I mean, when I'm watching a movie, that's been really good for me, like watching horror movies and then taking the notes because I take so many notes for I Would Love to Be Axe Murdered. Like, I have my notebook over here. And like like I said, I try to do like two-page notes and then I I can't. I end up doing like six pages of notes because I want everything that I think is fascinating to come out on my podcast. So that's been really helpful. Um, I recorded something with Fabrizio a while ago and we put it together and it looked really good. And I've been like working on uh, my reel. So that's exciting. Nice. But I think, I, busy, I think I've been reading books. Which I is saw great. you do um, a scene from what well, he showed me the, the monologue Diary of Anne Frank. Diary yeah. of Anne Frank. Yeah. yeah. You, I mean, you, I remember you performing that when we were at school together. Did, ha, tell me, tell me what that role like means to you. Like, why does it resonate so much with you? Oh my God. It just means so much to me. And I think it's also cause like, <laughs> I'm in the process of converting to, uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been in it for a while. Like I just celebrated, um, Passover, Pesach for like the, it was like two weeks ago and I celebrated it and it was really fun. And I, it was fun because I also knew that like, Barakata Adonai Eloheinu, because of Diary Van Frank, which is so <laughs> cute. Like, it was yeah. sweet. I think that role just means so much to me because I love Anne Frank. Like, as a kid, I thought she was so 
we had to read her book or her diary. <laughs> her book. It is her a book. diary. It is a yeah, book. Yeah, but it was like from a diary. Not, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I had to read it when I was in maybe middle school or something. And I just remember being like, I want to be her. <laughs> and then like in high school, I was like, this is wrong if I play Anne Frank because I'm not Jewish. And then like Ada gave it to me and I was like so fulfilled. It was honestly one of the, I think maybe it was the best role I've ever done because I loved the cast I worked with and I loved working with Mr. Martin, uh, Ben Martin, who's like my mentor in real life as well. Um, just from that experience, like I have his phone number and he'll email me and be like, are you eating? <laughs> and it's really sweet. <laughs> so it just means a lot to me. I, I don't, I think because she's such an influential person and she also like, it sucks because I'm getting older now. So I'm getting further away from being able to actually play that like on stage, maybe. Um, but she was such a like angsty kid and like being cooped up. So like lately I've been really feeling like right, I understand yeah. what it's like because not going outside and not being able to see the sun and feel the sun and the way that she describes like the way heat feels on you and the smell of fresh flowers. And it's, I just think she's such a like beautiful little soul. And so I just love her. That's well, I, think so I, I remember in the diary when she talked about how much she dreamed of being a, being a famous writer. Yeah. And that always just made me so like, it, it, I, I don't know, it just really just warmed my heart that, you know, like her voice will be heard for centuries to come. Yeah. And it's happy, sad. I always feel like happy, sad when I think about her because she doesn't know. She'll never know how influence, like how big of an influence she's been on culture. Um but then That's it makes true. me also happy that her father, like, you know, published it. And I wish he didn't edit out some of the stuff, though. I want to know, I did, like. I didn't know her father published it. it. Uh, yeah. So what happened was Meep, Meep was her name, uh, was the German that, like, found it and kept it. And then when she found out that Otto survived, she gave it to Otto and Otto, like, read through it. And um, I think it took him a while, but he read through it and he like edited it. So like all the things where she was really hating her mom or like anything of her like sexual fantasies and stuff, he kind of pulled out and then published it. I think it took, it took him some time to publish it though. Yeah. Okay. Just beautiful to- story. Yeah. History. Now back to now back to you. <laughs> Where do you see uh, your career going in the next five years? Let's say. I'm gonna say something, and I maybe will sound like a narcissist, but I just want you to know I'm not. <laughs> I'm I, just I, very I hopeful. I'm yeah, a very hopeful for the future, and I manifest a lot in my career and all of that good stuff. But you I have to. I have this goal 
and crazy dream of being a nominee for an Oscar at 23. <laughs> Here's why. <laughs> because Florence Pugh did it, and I love Florence Pugh. And I like, I'm like, I can do it. If she did it, I can do it. <laughs> so, I mean, but that's like just big dream. But I is do Florence think I'm going to be Pugh? doing a lot of like short films and. Is Florence Pugh like your like current favorite actor? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Her and Jermaine Clement. Uh, he's from <laughs> I, New Zealand. He's in like Flight of the Concords. I know him. Yeah. I love him. I, he's great. I love him. He's so great. I think he's so funny, and he's so like. One thing I really love when it happens in movies and like when I see it in movies is like it just feels like you're watching them, like you're just observing. There is no sense of like this is a movie, this is acting. Like it's just the subtleness and the calm calmness on camera. Yeah. You know? And it's so peaceful for me because I get so I get such like secondhand embarrassment and anxiety. And that's why I don't watch rom coms because they make me too nervous. So like oh, when really? I'm watching Yeah, I hate them. I hate them. I've been watching them a lot lately because I've been sad and they make me sad. (laughs) And I like to just sit in it sometimes. Yeah, just like, just keep it, like, keep it coming. Keep that sound. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm already sobbing. Might as well feel sad (laughs) about romance. (laughs) Um, There's a Jermaine Clement film that I think you would absolutely love. And it's actually Taika Rititi. I, I don't know how to say his last name. What Probably we do said in the shadows. Wrong. No, well, yes, that. But Eagle versus Shark. I love that movie. It's a great movie. I love that movie. More people should check that out. It's like Napoleon Dynamite's younger brother or cooler cousin. For like foreign cousin. <laughs> it's the New yeah. Zealand it's Napoleon like, Dynamite. That's what the movies are to each other. <laughs> yeah who is the lead actress in that movie with him oh i don't know i mean i i she's definitely i'm sure thought she's it was a New tony Zealand collette actress. for such a long time oh is she uh, i i don't know um i'm gonna do i'm gonna look it up i'm gonna look it up i'm looking Can you look it i'm up looking right now? i'm looking it up right now i'm looking up right now <laughs> am Great. i did was this was Taika. Oh no! Oh, he did. Uh, for a minute, I thought Taika Waititi didn't direct Eagle vs. Shark, and I was going to feel like a idiot. Uh, That's okay. Lauren, do what Lauren I do. Horsley. Oh, Horsley. Oh, okay. uh, Horsley, probably. I don't know. No, I don't know. But she was amazing in that. <laughs> Love Lena Horsley. Yeah, she's great. She's so sweet in that movie. And the entire time, he's the worst. <laughs> Have you seen People, Places, Things? No, I want to. Is that, is that a play as well? It might be. It's such a beautiful movie. He's so great in it. That's like where I first saw him. And I. it's like one of those rom- romantic movies that I actually like. <laughs> the list nice. is very small. <laughs> <laughs> I so, like them um, when they end tragically. 
That's cute. Kinda. Okay. <laughs> so um <laughs> I wanna know, I wanna know, uh, Rebecca, what is like the what what is the best acting note that you've ever been given? I feel like this is very tricky for me because I take everything that's like said to me to the grave. Like I take it so to the heart and that's why when something's been like said to me and it hurts my feelings, it like I can't just get over it. <laughs> I like think about it for the next two years. And I'm like, is that what every acting teacher or like director thinks of me? Um, That's so relatable. Uh, You're not alone there. It's crazy. It's, I'm, I'm not proud of it. (laughs) Let me think though, really quick. Uh, I feel like it was something that Timothy Landfield said to me. Um, was that in the crucible? No, I think it was in my, uh, first section, second year. Um, I think, well, actually, you know what? I think the note that I, it stays with me, but it also like haunts me because it's one of my hardest notes to like actually apply. Um, is that I have to stop being so uh, hard on myself. Because I was actually looking through my notes from the first year of ADA and second year of ADA and company. Um, and just like every note that I got in every section and every uh, exam play, one act, grad play, whatever, was that I'm just so hard on myself that like I don't forgive myself for when I mess up, which is really, you know, it's really bad in a rehearsal process because if you don't like start the day fresh and you're already like, ah, I messed up that one time or like this is that thing I keep messing up on, it's kind of like it engraves in you and it makes it, it like limits what you can do. And so yeah. that's like, something that I, I try to remember when I start like noticing myself doing it. Um, but you know, I'm still learning and I'm still trying to like defeat that part of, uh, myself trying to, I mean, every, everyone's got their own like personal demons that they kind of have their battle to be an actor. Yeah, Totally. I mean, I have we were like in a, a show together. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to bring it up. <laughs> All I'll say is every week it was like, whose turn is it to cry? <laughs> yeah, that show. When I say that I got something like said about me that stayed with me for like, it's going to stay with me for the next two years. It's because of something that director said about me to another student and when I like when it came back to me I was like so hurt that I had to talk to Betty and I was like I don't know if I can act anymore (laughs) I get so crazy up here do you do you want that in this recording 
I don't mind. I can cut that out. You don't mind? Okay. Yeah. Um, Ollie, uh, don't cut there, but cut here. Okay. Um, <laughs> I good. Want, I'm going to have like three listeners anyway. We'll see. But um, Don't say that. Don't sell yourself short. I'm kidding. I have like four members of my family. But, <laughs> so. <laughs> but um, Stop. Later. I'll stop when I'll, I'll stop self-deprecating when you stop self-deprecating. <laughs> We're in it for the long run, buddy. <laughs> um, so what advice would you give to a young, fresh-faced kid that wants to make it in Hollywood? Um, do the work. I think it's so gross and upsetting when I see people who like want to do one acting without like you know the pain and like sweat and tears that (laughs) you have to put into it because it's not a I mean it can be a hobby like my aunt acts as a hobby because she likes it and it's fun and it's you know she's good at it as well but it's not like her career is not her occupation. It's not her dream or passion. So like, I think one, find out if it's your hobby or if it's your passion, because I mean, I really can't be both like it. Either you go all in or you, or you don't, or you, or you like do it on a little side thing because you maybe like it or interested. But I feel like if you really, want to make it in Hollywood, then just like take the steps into doing it and like do it. I don't want to say do it right. Cause obviously there's no way of doing it, but I think I'm such a firm believer in training and education. And like, I want to continue to train. Like it's taking everything out of me not to like audition for Juilliard now. Cause I feel I'm prepared and ready for it or prepared to like at least audition and see where that goes. Um, but I know some people, they like train for a little bit and then they get on that kind of high horse of thinking they've got it all set and know what like everything is about. And I just, I think if you're going to make it in Hollywood, like pay respect to the people who are in the business who have been doing this longer than you, but also like, you can compete as long as you're putting in, you know, a lot of effort to towards it. And yeah, I'd say like, just make it your job if you're gonna fully commit. Nice. Had another question <laughs> that came, it came and it went. And it went. I'm not giving it up. It's the last question for this. Okay. Are you ready? I'm so ready. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be such a good question. Oh no. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Yep. It was no because I, I just I've been trying to make these interviews more theater related. Because mm-hmm. I did you know, I realized like, you know, I like to bring a lot of a lot of friends onto the like onto the show or I wanted to do an interview. But then I, yeah. I start to I start to realize during the interview, not everyone here 
they, I mean, they might like the theater, but like they're aiming at different things as well. You know what I mean? Not just yeah. like, I, I love to see someone so passionate about the theater like you are. And oh, someone I, that cares about I love it. Tell me like a moment when you were on stage and you just like felt completely in the moment. Like I felt almost untouchable, you mean? Like in the, how deeply I was in it? Yeah, like, like, a, like a really great moment that you felt when you were on stage. Hmm. I think, which is, this is going to be kind of a weird one, but I think, because it's always, Anne Frank is always like number one, because when I performed it for like the final, I, um, I felt like her. I felt completely like her. And so I didn't feel like I was acting at all. And I felt like everyone was who they were to me and all the relationships were there. And it felt like I was in the annex and the set looked so much like it was. So I just felt like I was there. And then I remember when we left out of the room, I felt such a like sadness <laughs> because it was now me again. Um, but that moment I was like, I remember it's a scene where I was, uh, giving the gifts. I was giving the gifts to everybody and I was having so much fun and like, it just felt so right and so good. And I think my shirt was even like backwards cause I had to do a <laughs> quick change, but I didn't notice until like the show is over because I was just so in it. And I remember also like one of the sound cues is like, we hear people coming up the stairs of the annex and we don't know who they are. And I remember feeling genuinely scared. Um, and that's when I was like, afterwards when I got to recollect and remember what happened on stage, I was like, Oh, that was insane. <laughs> I was genuinely scared. <laughs> um, that somebody was going to come take me away. Um, but I also had another moment like that in a Neil Simon Carol. play, which was laughter on the 23rd floor where I was just I like, it. we were all in the writer's room. Did you see it? I did see it. Did you see mine with Jack both. and oh, nice. Mm -hmm. that one was so fun. Michael was Michael the, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was just so much fun. Cause it was so natural and Mary Blyer teaches. So like, she teaches such a specific way of like, let really let every nuance, everything be that character, but also, you know, it's like you, so you're taking from your own world, but also with what you have. And during that show, the entirety of that show, I always felt like I was just in it. It was so fun. You look, you looked in control with your character. Oh, like the character. It was the greatest. Mr. Knowles came up to me afterwards and said, you just were so Jewish. I just believed that you were pregnant and you were Jewish. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> it's not hard for me to be either of those things. <laughs> I see a pattern forming. <laughs> Wait, the, pre the pregnant part? What do you mean it's not hard? I don't want to know. I mean, it's... Just takes a little bit of juice. <laughs>
I'm sorry. You can cut that out if that made you feel oh, no. uncomfortable. Oh no, that's my <laughs> that's my soundbite. That's my soundbite for the end of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're now gonna move to our next <laughs> set. What? Don't cut into my. <laughs> oh, it's, am I doing my podcast voice? Is that what it is? Yeah, it was sweet. I'm sorry. Okay, Hit now I'm gonna be more relaxed. I'm gonna be more relaxed. Okay, so we're going to move to our segment now called Stage or Screen, where we review beloved plays adapted into films and decide whether they were better on screen or should have been left on the stage. Tell us what we're reviewing this week, Webs. Webs. Rebs. Um, uh, I won't start again. I won't start again. That's okay. Um, we're doing Suburbia. Woo! <laughs> That's going to destroy my sound, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun to edit. That's so great. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Suburbia is a 1994 um, American play written by Eric Bogosian. And it's about, mm-hmm. I mean, you were in it, Reb, so you like you you know this play probably a bit better than me. But it's about a bunch of 20-something New Jersey kids hanging outside a 7-Eleven type of store. 7-Eleven, yeah. Yeah. And then they did a film that is not that well known, but I mean, maybe spoilers. I really liked it. It was really good. I feel more people should know it. It was Richard Linklater directed it. Richard Linklater directed it. And he, I mean, he did Boyhood and like the Before Sunset movies. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. It's... Interesting that you liked it. <laughs> Not you didn't? that it's bad. Okay, so the thing is, and this is my big thing when uh, movies, or not movies, plays are put into movies, made into movies, I feel like a lot of the time they lose their charm. So for me, because I, not only was I in this for, you know, this past year, but I also did this play as my first like scene, scene studies, and I was Suze. Um, right. Which was like completely different than BB, which was a hard like transition for me, like finding the balance between that same punkness that BB has from like going to the ex- going from the extreme of Suze that suits has or whatever but the thing about the movie is i the play itself is one of those kind of like flat plays it it's like a character based character driven rather than like plot driven plot heavy like yeah works better in movies you know, I mean, it kind of does, it kind of doesn't. You have movies like um, Dazed and Confused as a character-driven movie. And so that movie is great, and it's like a f- fan favorite. It's like cult classic kind of. It's like a culty movie. Um, I mean, it's funny when you but, say that because you know that's a Richard Linklater film too, right? That's why you brought it up. Oh, no, I didn't even realize it. No, you didn't? But it makes sense. But I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I 
know it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally knew that. Yeah, you totally um, knew it. You totally knew it. Just reminding you that you knew it. Thank you. Um, but again, I don't think suburbia, like, I don't think it was as nice on screen, like, in that kind of flat style that Days and Confused is, as it is on stage. And I think the possibilities are a little bit wider on stage. And I think it's more of a challenge to do it on stage because those characters are so, I feel like the play is so well known and maybe it's not, but I feel like, I mean, I, I went to Phil's coffee and I was like with Abby and I had a script and the guy who was making our coffee was like, Oh, suburbia. Yeah. I directed that back in like <laughs> 2003. <laughs> and so well, that is Hollywood, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I didn't know suburbia until I saw your production of it. And really? Yeah. I mean, I'm always coming into the, I'm trying to come into these like stage or screen reviews, like open-minded with the film. Of course. But, but usually it just happens where, you know, nothing can really be the magic of the stage. Yeah. Well, also, there are things like about the movie that I love. Like I, the character of Buff. It's the same really guy. Like, Steve Zahn originated that role. Yeah. And it shows, Well, you right? can just tell that it's his. Like, it's just so... <laughs> He's so goofy and perfect for it. And like, I think a lot of the time with the play, people like who are playing buff sometimes struggle to find if he has any, uh, like substance. underlying message. Yeah. And substance to him, which that's like tricky in the stage, but him as a character in the movie, like he can just be dumb and it exists okay it's like he just exists and it works perfectly and people love him and he's super memorable you know which is where when you're on stage you get scared i mean sometimes but you get scared that you're not gonna your character's not gonna be remembered because they don't have some heavy something heavy to leave you you know what i mean sure. even though i don't necessarily agree with that well, what when I when I see a lot of like stage plays turn into films, what I get really nervous about is the fact that you know, like sometimes, sometimes I see like a like a a play adapted film where it's just it's just a like a wide shot of like people just sitting down and like a sitting down and like nothing going on, but they actually did, you know, like they're they're in the limo, they're. Yeah, inside yeah. a convenience store that at like a burger place that that the I really thing is, I really appreciated that those like changes like add-ons that they did yeah I agree but in that same like vein I think they also did cut a lot of stuff from the play like that's true again and I'm all, a little bit biased because I love BB and it was one of like the trickiest roles I've ever played and I don't think I you know, even really fulfilled it to how I could do it now. Um, but in the movie, they made her so small and like even more, uh, less 
significant, like even more insignificant than kind of like she is, if that makes sense. Because like she's important in the play. Like all of that's important. And then the end of the movie, she doesn't, sorry, spoiler, she doesn't, we don't know if she's dead because he says, oh, she, I think she's still breathing. And that then when you do that, you take away the importance of what the shopkeeper says about all of that stuff, about, like, you people have, uh, what does he say? I can't even think. He, like, you guys don't you even care about anything, rent. basically. Yeah. Yeah, like, like you don't rent, care. Man. You don't understand consequences. And so when you make it so there's a possibility she's alive, then it's like, it's not the the stakes of stage are gone, and it, you put it into a movie because it's more, you know, I guess likable for the audience watching it. It's interesting you say that because the last play that I reviewed on this was Noises Off, and they changed nice. they changed the ending oh, in the movie they? to a positive to a to a positive ending where like the the production actually ended up getting to getting getting together and it actually got back on its feet wow that's exciting that's really i mean if it works and i guess in the favor i don't know maybe they want to maybe maybe i don't know maybe like producers want like films to be you know to be more uplifting at the end maybe maybe plays a bit more uh i don't know is thinking more about just like making an artistic statement rather than like a film. I don't know. Is a film going to sell as much if it's so negative towards the end? Because it is a very dark play. Oh, completely. Like the, every character is flawed. <laughs> every single character in that play is flawed. Um, and some of them hide it like better than others, basically. Um, Sorry, I. this is not the same movie, and I hate to go on a tangent, but I just wanted to bring it up because you kind of like saying that noise is off thing kind of made me think of it, is that um, Little Women, for example, like Greta Gerwig's version of Little Women yeah. is so much better than the 90s version, and it's – I didn't, I guess I didn't put – really? That's, that's opinion. I love the 90s version. They're different. They're different. Made in different times. I think they're made in different times. Fair enough. Like but Susan I was just... Sarandon in that is like completely different to um I forget the name Laura of the woman, Dern. but Laura Dern in the yeah in like 2019 version. But I all I was trying to say is that I I agree with what you're saying of the like sometimes it makes it better. Like noises off kind of thing you're saying. Right. Right? You're saying what makes it better? Yeah. Well, like I just think going back to just Florence Pugh because I adore her. Um, Amy, the character, is supposed to be known as like she's known as being an annoying and like just a little girl and childish. And I feel like Florence Pugh from the moment I started watching that movie, because I'd only seen her in Midsummer before. Um from the minute I started watching movie that, or from the moment I started watching that movie, I was like, "Oh, she's delightful." Like she's That's a f- young I've s- girl, and sorry, I kept interrupting. 
it's okay. Save it, save it. It's just that she's like, it wasn't annoying to watch at all. She's just a young girl and you can understand her and understand her being like quirky and, and stupid and, and, and annoying, but in a non annoying way, like, you know, that she is annoying to her other sisters, but you know, you can look at her objectively and be like, oh, she's just a child, which I think is like really nice. I mean, I've watched so many little women movies over the years. Like I think, <laughs> I think there's like five of them. I haven't seen the silent one, but I've been seeing it since Catherine Hepburn. And that's the first time I've liked Amy. Yeah. I've never liked Amy as a character. Right. It's, and that's like, it's amazing to me. I'm actually glad you brought up Little Women because in some ways that kind of goes to show the the difference between like play and film a lot of the time is mm-hmm. the film is usually the only recorded version of of like yeah. of the of the medium, you know? Like with a play, it can very it very much depends on the production. It's like so yeah. it's a it's like a privilege to be able to have multiple little women's where some people may oh, like completely. the 90s version some like the 29 2020 2019 version like with suburbia that is the only film version we have and it you know didn't have a huge budget i, I just love that it's yeah. such a zeitgeist of the time of the 90s i can agree i can totally agree i understand what you mean um, because they could make that film again, but it's not going to have the same, like, it, I mean, it, it was filmed like two years after the, after it was first, the play first was produced, you know? So well, like, you just said that you don't think it'd have that again. And I, I disagree. I think with how you have people who do such like great research like part of the reason why little woman was so great was because everything was so beautiful and so accurate but in a in a sorry i tapped my mic (laughs) and like a way that we can still relate to it and feel everything um and communicate like it communicates its feelings to the audience but i think especially because it's only the 90s i think that you could totally make a suburbia movie and it would probably be more charming and i think kind of in the way that stranger things when it came out season one i like every adult that i know that was like a teen in the 80s was like amazed they were blown away because it was so accurate and so i think if you have that kind of like the team of stranger things and the duffer brothers made sure that it was like as accurate as possible and like in such a not in like a subtle way like it wasn't in your face 80s just to do it you know i think if you find that subtlety with suburbia you could totally make another movie you know that is a fair point i would i would love to see another suburbia movie the, totally. the one the one we have though i'm just grateful it was like made in that time and it wasn't made just like randomly 10 years later you know yeah, I, I get that. It reminds me I of totally like a darker, that. it's like a, it's for me, it's like a darker version of Clerks. I've never seen that. you never seen Clerks? It's, no. It's, that's I'll a, that's watch a, that, it though. I've got a lot a, of time. <laughs> yeah, we all do, yeah. That's a great film. 
it's a you know it's about like a bunch of like uh 20 somethings outside a convenience store and then two people that work in a vhs and a con- and the convenience store the vhs is next door the convenience store is like where all of it's going on wow that sounds like s- suburbia <laughs> to a t it's a really similar type of tone i think did you know there's like an 80s suburbia it's not based on the play I do but, every um, time I look every time I look it up that 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 film comes up I've never yeah. I've never fin- I never got through it. Hmm. I've not seen it, but when I told my uncle I was doing Suburbia the play, he got so excited cuz he thought he, I was uh talking about the 80s movie. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And then he was like, "Oh, you mean that 90s one?" Ugh. <laughs> it's like I, I tell you I tell you what looking at Sousa's uh Sousa's like whole like look the haircut was just so I I can't I couldn't believe Jeff's it kiss. it I, I don't know how do you describe that haircut like a like a porcupine thing going like a it's porcupine like that, highlights like lady frosted tips <laughs> yeah, yeah i love it i think it's it, so fun it's such it's such a like zeitgeist moment like for us for a brief moment that was a thing yeah that's i mean there are so many good things about the movie like i know i started this off being like you like it but i i do like the movie i just don't like the things that they cut they cut Suze's monologue like her art piece her art piece is a long piece for a reason in the play and it's and it in the script it says this piece this art piece has to become um whoever's performing it like it has to become their piece um which is like i think that's a brilliant thing to (laughs) i think that's a brilliant thing to write in there because it gives like art it gives you know artists that freedom but like when you cut it in the movie, I think it makes it harder to like understand Sue's outside of her costume and her look. Do you know what I mean? Like that piece really makes her her. What she wears and all of that is just how she like further expresses it. I do. So. I will say in in the movie version, I I felt less I felt less connected to Suze as I did in your production. Yeah. Where like Abigail Abigail Stewart's like performance in that was like like Phenomenal. even though like her action her actions in the play maybe I mean all you like you said all the characters in the play are flawed but in mm-hmm. Abigail's portrayal of Suze it didn't make me I, she never felt like a villain like an antagonist yeah. almost and in, and in and and in and in the film I didn't really see like any hesitation or redeeming quality yeah well there's like also there's things such a that happen in the movie sorry <laughs> no carry on it's a delay <laughs> there's also things in the movie that Suze does that are not like the things that she does in the play like in the movie, her and um, Pony, like, Pony starts kissing on her neck, and it's kind of like 
she is really, really cheating on Jeff, then rather than in the play where it's kind of like she's got that emotional turmoil and also, you know, maybe emotionally cheating, which I think is different, but not different. If that makes any sense. I did. I loved, I loved all of the, I loved all of the portrayals though. The acting. I, 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 I yeah. liked, I liked, I liked the actress that played Suze. I, I don't know her too well. I think is her name's Amy Carey. But um, I, I, I liked her portrayal. It was more just, it was more just what they did with the character, I think. Like you said, yeah, they, they, I... they left out stuff. They let, they left out things that could have like give, given her a different like perspective that wasn't just so on the nail cheating yeah. girlfriend. I agree. I agree. That's also like, I think me personally, I really liked um, the boys. I think they were interesting when I, cause I actually don't, this is bad. Nobody else do this. And I didn't even want to do it, but Abigail got me into doing it. We started watching it during our rehearsal, um, oh. our rehearsal period. <laughs> Just to like, it was like a, while we were, you know, a while into the rehearsal. So we had already gotten like, you know, our characters, mm -hmm. but we just wanted to see if there were any things that were like similar or whatever. Oh, I'm sure. And, you know, like kind of look at it objectively. <laughs> I can't copy. I can't copy performances. I feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> um, look, I think it's I a, didn't I think love it's a choice. Phoebe anyway, so... I it's a choice when you when you a see choice a film. to copy. Oh, completely. I think it's a choice. I think it's a choice to copy, and I, I honestly think there's nothing wrong with watching the film version of like a of like a play or a musical. I think it can actually help feed ideas into your head of like the whole setting and like relationships. You can you can learn so I agree. much. I mean, yeah, if I, I agree. See I like, think it. If, so if I see something like uh, Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker, you know, like he he didn't he didn't just steal from Heath Ledger. They may have some similarities, but like he can, I'm sh he saw the film, you know, he must have. So he must have built from that, you know. You just it's like yeah. Shakespeare. Shakespeare's of been course. done like a I million mean, times. Everything so it's like hard like not to be original. We keep speaking at the same time. <laughs> the delay i'm sorry no no it's not your fault it's internet you go <laughs> i was just gonna say like everything literally everything in the world is kind of like your sponge and you absorb it and you take it and you make it your own so it's like kind of impossible like there are things i mean i guess if you know that you're one person who like heavily takes influence and like can't add your own nuances and or make it your own then maybe don't watch it but abby and i watched it and we really liked the differences between the boys in the cast and the boys in the movie and we were like oh these are things we didn't see and like again things for bb i didn't see like i didn't see her being that soft-spoken but i also didn't see her being able to like 
like parts that I struggled in and I saw the actress doing like her conversation with Jeff, she was able to laugh a little bit more. Whereas I like also with the direction that I'm miserable, I couldn't find the comedy in Jeff's monologue on stage. But that also, it was like, it was different energies. It was different actors. So, you know, but I, I could still admire it objectively and be like, oh, that was different. And that's interesting. So. Yeah. I I mean, in that monologue, when, when Jeff starts taking his clothes off, I'm always, uh, I didn't quite get it in the, I guess it's like, he's liberated. He's, he's free. I think that's, that's what that means. I, I've never been sure. I think he's just drunk off his ass. <laughs> He's drunk and he's trying to make himself himself himself, himself. feel better. And I think he's also <laughs> he's also just like I mean, and again, also in the play, it's like for him in that moment, he's like, Oh, I have to stop being a chicken shit and I can go to New York with Suze and I can, you know, I don't have to live this mediocre life. And then unfortunately, that's one of the things in the play which I enjoyed being BB because I was just listening to everyone's conversation on the corner so different times of the rehearsal I could hear the differences of like he finds that like courage almost and then just unfortunately the timing of everything makes it like they miss each other by like a split second which happens in real life, which was, I think it's written perfectly that way. And then in the movie, it was like, Stu's had already checked out. And also like Tim immediately, like it didn't feel like they had missed each other by a second. It felt like there were multiple things that were keeping them apart. But yeah. <laughs> did I, did I, 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 I definitely agree. And like, the, the, I mean, one, some of the magic of theater is, you know, those like, there are like moments of silence on stage where you can just start like seeing, seeing what the characters are just th like thinking, but not actually saying to each other. Yeah. And like Completely. moments like that, you know, that's so much harder to, um, um, to capture, to capture, yeah. To capture on film. So, Re Rebecca, stage or screen? I I don't like it. Sounds so. It sounds like you have to pick one or the other. Which do you prefer? <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm gonna say stage, just for this one. I'm saying screen for the first time. I just congratulations. I I know, I know. I need to give I need to give screen a couple once in a while. There's just something about it where I just I abs I absolutely loved it. Take a look at Clerks as well, because that they're kind of they, they are similar in sentiment. Can I say I think part of the reason why you like it so much is because I do know you, Ollie Boon Boon, and you are like like you like those kind of aged things, I feel. Like mm -hmm. Fright Night is your favorite scary movie. 
It and is. it has like that style to it and it has that feeling. I think it's almost like maybe it's nostalgic for you, even if you didn't like directly experience it. But I feel like I don't like I've the noticed remake in a lot of much. your I don't oh, like the remake. See, as I don't much. I haven't seen it's it. It's very true. The remake has David Tennant in it. And Colin Farrell. And oh I forget his name. Um he was the, the actor that passed away. Uh, Anton Yelchin. But yeah, the yeah, actor think, that passed away. <laughs> yeah, he. I think. I, yeah, he. He suddenly passed away, like a, like a couple years back. He was in Star Star Trek, the the new ones. But you, you're right. There is something about nostalgia that I just love, because it's just you know you can never capture that again. Just even the way it's filmed. That's what I'm saying. Like Stranger Things yeah. is a great, it captures the 80s for sure, but it's filmed like mm -hmm. a modern day. And like, you know, like thank God in many ways, because like 80, 80s movies, like the concepts can be great, but sometimes the way they're filmed, yeah I, yeah, I like it, but it's just not, it can sometimes be lacking the quality that we have now just because it's just such a different realm. I mean, CGI can do so much. Yeah. And like the budgets and of so many films are way higher. Yeah. I agree. What was what was your point? I was just pointing out that that's probably why you know you're like oh screen. <laughs> for for I this mean, for this one for sure, this one for yeah. sure. I that's definitely got something to do with it. I think it's a perfect zeitgeist of '90s culture. I, I don't know. I guess what that's to it. Say. Silent. <laughs> You're horrified. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. I like that you have an opinion. <laughs> I'll probably end it at 90s culture. Okay. I haven't actually cut where you're going to keep going. So now, now, Rebs, we are going to be, I'm now going to ask you the to answer the Proust questionnaire. And these are a list of questions that were made famous by uh, Bernard Pivo and then James Lipton, RIP, from Inside the Actors Studio, who is a major inspiration for this podcast. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. That's these, these, these are fun. These are fun. You can explain as little or as much as you want. Okay. What is your favorite word? It's not a word. Maybe. <laughs> uh, Anything. I'm sorry, I'm just making faces at you because I. Maybe. First thing that comes to mind. Zilch. Maybe. That's fun. Okay, what is your least favorite word? I hate this. <laughs> uh, Gut maybe feeling. Like, like drippy. No, I, that's a lie. Maybe it's like ripple. Ripple. Okay. <laughs> Something Makes that's like... Of, 
Yeah, it makes you think of nipple. Oh, wait. Actually, I know my least favorite word. I just remembered it because it's really hard for me to say because of Go the East it. Coast and me. Always. Because I say always all the time. Always. I always say. Always. Yeah. Okay. What trait do you admire the most? In people? In general, yes. In people. Um, I'm a big fan of people who are observant and like don't have to be loud about it. Like I think it's probably one of my favorite things and is when you can notice that someone is observant and they don't have to be like, hey, like, for example, I have um, sequin kind of does this. Um, I love the friends who like will take a video of you doing something that you're doing and they don't the person who's being video doesn't realize it. But also the person who's taking the video doesn't have to be like, hey, look at this. Or, you know, or like you tell me something about your childhood and I observe and then, you know, your birthday, I get you something that reminds you of that thing. Like, I think people who are like that, I really appreciate them. I think they're underrated. What trait do you admire the least? Um, hmm. I hate uh, people. Well, I don't hate them, but I don't like it when I see this. Um, people who just make fun of things, like a trait of like trying to make jokes out of things that are maybe mean or like Trolls. you can't. Yeah, basically, if you can't let people appreciate things like you. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What sound or noise do you love? I love... <laughs> this is very specific. Um, my little sister did a cover of November Rain by Guns N' Roses. And like the way she sings rain, the word rain, it's like one of my favorite things in the world. It makes me feel so warm. Oh. Okay, <laughs> what, what sound or noise do you hate? Uh, also specific, when you're in a car, <laughs> this is such a stupid thing, but it like makes me crazy. There's two. When you're in a car and the back windshield, the little bit at the end that has like lines and kind of a texture to it, if you scratch it, oh, it makes the worst sound ever. And I also mm. hate uh laundry baskets like the plastic ones being pulled on the floor oh i hate that sound oh wow okay that is specific <laughs> you need to send me a sound bite <laughs> later on <laughs> i will i will okay cover your ears though okay what is your favorite curse word Probably, probably fuck. Uh, <laughs> I say it too much. 
lately I've been saying the C word and I, every time I do it, I get so grossed out by myself for saying it. I mean, you just said the C word, so I can tell. <laughs> yeah. But fuck, I just am like, ah. fuck. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Probably teaching or I would like to be a florist. I really love like putting together bouquets for grad plays. I um <laughs> I walked up and down La Brea with a little Swiss army knife that had like scissors on it and I just started cutting flowers <laughs> from like the Jim Henson studio and like everywhere I was walking that had like nice long flowers and then I prepared them like I kind of pulled any arranged, like, bugs and arranged them. Yeah, and and then I had like a Ralph's bag, like a brown paper bag, and I made it into kind of like a sultry style of <laughs> bouquet. And, it, and then I like wrote on the paper and made it like drew on it. And it was like really nice. personal and sweet. Okay. Well, what profession would you not like to do? I guess I wouldn't want to be a garbage man <laughs> or a woman. Yeah, I was going to say, gonna... Are, you, are you changing genders as well for this? <laughs> I just don't, I don't like picking up dirty things. My hands get, I get grossed out very easy. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Last but not least. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Maybe. Mm, maybe just you're loved. Or like, if I die before my family and maybe then like, your family's okay. <laughs> they're doing good. They're all right. They miss you, but they're all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Nice. Maybe something like that. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to play the game of the week, which is Improv Stand Up. I just came up with that name, kind of. <laughs> so... Rebecca, I'm going to give you a prompt and you're going to give me a one minute stand up okay. based on that prompt. Are you ready? How long is it? Is it like one minute? Oh, sorry. Yeah, one is minute. Is it like one minute? One minute. That's all, that's all it is. Yeah, it's okay. one. <laughs> Good. I'll make it two minutes. I can't do it past a minute. <laughs> Okay, your your prompt is I'm gonna spin the prompt wheel. Vampires. Go. You ready? No. Go. Go. So I recently learned that Transylvania was a real place. Uh, I also learned not too long ago that it's it's Transylvania. 
and I, I feel it's only appropriate that I uh, call it by its name. <laughs> which would which would be Transylvania. Uh, I also learned that the people call it Transylvania because of their accents. So it suddenly lost a lot of its charm. Uh, <laughs> for me, personally. I feel a little cheated. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> that being said, uh, I realized I'm really more of a vampire versus a werewolf kind of girl. I think uh, I think Nosferatu is kind of hot. As scary as he is, I think he's kind of hot. We can okay. bang. Okay. <laughs> That was was awful, Ollie. I'm so sorry. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. (laughs) You reminded me you reminded me of a comedian. Actually, maybe maybe Eliza slash I can never say a name, Slesinger or someone. I enjoyed it. That was fun. You kidding me? I just I I was gonna make a weird joke <laughs> combining sex and then the one puppet that's like one ah, 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 two ah, 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 ah. and then I felt sinister and evil and gross <laughs> I'm no longer a when kid I, so it's perverted <laughs> I think it, I think that would have been great it's such a shame you didn't do that I'm, I'm so sorry. disappointed no, I fine. Like, I admit I it. I have sex funny. dreams about the count from Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> nine, nine orgasms. Yeah, that's great. Or is he orgasming as he says that? <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> he goes <laughs> one. He goes one more minute. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Good. He goes in one second. Ah ah ah! I'm going to blow my load. <laughs> this is disgusting. And on that note, <laughs> thank you, Rebs, for joining us at Theatre Meets Critic. Please follow our Instagram at Theatre Meets Critic and Rebs' lovely podcast um, at I Would Love to Be Axe Murdered. What, what's your Instagram? My Instagram is rabbitka. It's rabbit and K-A-H. <laughs> nice. Awesome. You can also check out uh, my website, theatermeetscritic.com for reviews, editorials, and more interviews. Okay. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, Rebs. Thank Bye. you. Passion. Theater. Actors. LA. New York. Paris. Berlin. 